The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined by the executive editor, editor of DMG Media Ireland, John Lee, and author and broadcaster Barbara Scully to look through all of the events that are making the news today. And where we might start off, John, we'll get more analysis on this uh, in some detail later on in the show. But Deutsche Bank is looking wobbly when we kind of hoped that after Credit Suisse, the wobbliness was out of the banking sector. I think Olaf Schultz would uh, disagree with your uh, description of of their bank as uh, wobbly. He has claimed, um, this is the German Chancellor, that there's no reason to be concerned about it. And um, I recall Patrick Neary saying a similar thing some years ago. No, I was I was I was joking in the office darkly. I I I I stress that the moment we hear an Irish minister going, the banks are fully funded to the end of the year. Time to run to the bank. Um, Christine Lagarde, meanwhile. Um, head of the ECB is saying that the European banking sector is strong but clearly clearly um, those um, uh, prescient uh, share dealers across the world don't think the banking sector is strong and um, we've had a we've had a couple collapse in the United States all right starting with Silicon Valley Bank which had not predicted that bank that interest rates might go up and uh, amazingly, after all the reforms we thought we'd seen in the bank sector, it seemed the banking sector in the United States, for instance, wasn't prepared for rising interest rates. And once that starts, who knows where it stops? Because we've we've had Credit Suisse go. Deutsche Bank has had a huge sell-off in shares. A- another German bank, Commerce Bank, has also seen its its value fall this week. A French, a major French bank, has also fallen. So. Now, the Um, one thing that people are pointing to or that analysts are pointing to as different between Deutsche and particularly Credit Suisse is Credit Suisse was subject to a deposit um, departure in the days preceding it and a major problem with credit default swaps and being able to afford them. Deutsche doesn't seem to be in that corner yet. No, its value value had fallen because of um, a a falling share price, but they... they, um, have been undergoing reforms according to themselves and in the Sunday t- in the Financial Times this morning there doesn't seem to be a great m- amount of f- fear there. I think things are different. I, I worked through the um, financial crash in Leinster House which was an incredibly scary time and if this is any kind of barometer to go on in in the early months of 2008 I could walk around Leinster House and be stopped by serious politicians who were warning me and warning, hence warning our readers that there were problems with the Irish banks. That's not going on now. There seems to be a great confidence in Ireland that the Irish banks are in, are in, in great fettle. I think they were protected up until recently by state ownership and it's only in the last couple of years that they've, they've re-emerged. We seem to be in, 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 in a good place. Um, but... You could not have expected anything different, I think, emerging from the nature of the financial hit the world took in during um, the pandemic. And we're inclined to forget in some ways that that happened, but you cannot have the level of, of injection of funds into economies that occurred without, first of all, inflation um, happening the way it did. Inflation now is, a, is hitting the banking sector. And of course, um, the other problem that has emerged from that has been the over hiring in a load of sectors, whether that be the big tech companies, whether that be the consultancy firms. And we're going to have um, Cormac Lucy with us just after 10 o'clock to give us a bit of analysis on both of those. So we'll get into further probably detail. Probably far better than mine. <laughs> but he is, you know, I, he, he, is, he is an expert in that area and he, he does um, translate complex um, issues into very understandable. Oh, no pressure. You're setting a high bar for him now. He better deliver when he oh, arrives. Listen, I hope he lives up to it. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, there is a story inside your paper. And Barbara, I don't know if you've had a, a chance to look at this, but I, I think it's an, uh, it's sort of weird that this is what would be going through Emmanuel Macron's head. Emmanuel Macron has obviously got himself into uh, a very difficult position because France is, or Paris is filled with on rubbish, fire. a lot of which is on fire. Uh, this is because he's trying to restructure the pension um, yes. rules in France, which he has promised to do and which we are told economically he has to do. And there's footage of him taking off his watch midway through a TV interview for what we assume is sort of profile and PR reasons. Yeah, and what I love about this story is that um, in the first paragraph or the second paragraph, it kind of draws comparisons with Marie Antoinette <laughs> telling the people in France during the revolution to go and eat cake. I think our British paper may have used that headline <laughs> revealing. But the headline here in the Irish one is No Hands for Mr Macron. Time to ditch the bling and prove he's a man of the people. Um, so obviously he, uh, he was doing an interview um, on on, on French television and he was wearing a watch. Now, let me preface this by saying I do not understand this watch thing. You know, I know people who think having a whatever Breitling or a whatever the other... Patek Philippe, I believe. Yeah, whatever. You know, I don't understand. It's the same as handbags. Check I don't get... Anton's wrist here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't just get any... He just took it off. <laughs> it's, like, it's tucked under the table as we're talking. <laughs> well, anyway, he was wearing this watch doing the interview and um, and what fascinates me about this is how... People obviously are watching closely what's going on, probably not listening a whole lot because they were able to, you know, viewers were able to see that he put his hands under the table at one stage and then when they came back, the watch was removed. Um, and they saw this as... as but you can as, see from the pictures, I mean, you don't want to infer too much into the man's thinking, but it looks very much like he suddenly realised, oh, oh, God damn it, I have the watch on. And then and underneath then the, the table table sneaks I mean, it off. I'm sure if I was watching that, I would not have seen that. It always fascinates me how people watch so closely what's going on and probably don't listen um, as much as they, as they should for that reason. Anyway, he said the reason why, or his people said, the reason why he took the watch off was that it was making a clunking noise against the desk, uh, which uh, wasn't good on television. Uh-huh. That's um, one of those noisy leather straps, is it? Was, yeah, well, that's the other point. You'd think that these expensive watches would be clunk-proof. <laughs> but clearly they're not. <laughs> it's a small issue that illustrates the big problems he has. They've just cancelled the King's visit to yeah. um, the British King's visit to The to first France. ever foreign visit by yeah. the new King. That's quite the thing to cancel. Might, might hasten his arrival here, hopefully. But uh, hopefully. The, Macron has, has, has plunged into um, uh, unpopularity. He might have four Irish... Uh, opponents coming up soon because we're supposed to go on our holiday there to Paris the week after next. So <laughs> this may not be the time, John. Well, it's a bit no stinky, choice. I Bring no a choice. hard hat and a bin bag. Uh, once they yeah. don't lock the Eiffel Tower over, or my kids will be happy. They're not expecting much. But Macron <laughs> has called off the um, King's visit principally because there was a state banquet to be held in Versailles. And those Marie Antoinette um, comparisons were concerning. This is according to the London Times this morning. Were concerning his advisers that the the imagery of he dining at Versailles with the British King while all this is going on was going to further damage his Along his credibility. His so he seems to be in deep political trouble. And if that's the case. I'd say whip off the watch on telly because it's not helping you. you got to love, though, the way the French uh, uh, demonstrate. There's probably one million protesters over this thing. That's one of the few things <coughs> that I admire about French people is their ability to Between one of the, Have you met their chefs? <laughs> oh, see, now, that again e- would be lost to me. Phil explain Spence. one thing out of this to me, John. Whatever about the um, public optics around it, this watch... I don't want to harp on the watch, but I will. Yeah, well, is a Bell and Ross and worth two and a half thousand euro. 
Now, a public servant of any rank deciding it's appropriate to spend two and a half thousand euro on a watch. Am I the only one who finds this a little? There was media speculation that it was it was up a different brand, up to eighty grand's yeah. worth. Um, there was a, there's a wonderful podcast. I don't know if uh, any of your listeners listen to it. and I hope I'm not uh, promoting a rival, but it, the rest is history. Um, Dominic Sandbrook and Tom Holland are coming to Dublin. They did a series on um, U.S. Pre- uh, sorry, French presidents, and it was a laugh a minute. And it almost seems as if the French want these comically uh, um, uh, sophisticated yet completely extravagant presidents and some of their private lives, and Macron is not one of them, um, would just bring tears to your eyes with laughter. So he he clearly has misjudged an awful lot of things and exactly wearing a watch at that, that price. Um, when I hope this when, becomes... When, there are reasons behind why people are protesting over their pensions then it's over fears about their future and their economic future and again why we might sneer at the French complaining over a two year increase in their in, in their pensions it's a big big issue that's brought a million people to the streets in, 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 in so he'd probably right to take the watch be- off I hope it becomes a kind of bellwether you know a few weeks ago the journalists were tying themselves in knots trying to work out from our politicians who had ever taken drugs or you know uh, smoked weed and, and whatever else I think let, let's let's start having a look at what they're all wearing jewellery wise well there is a famous story told by I think it's um, Bill Clinton where he and Tony Blair were at some foreign visit and the um, locals had laid out, I think it presented ties to them that were left in the bedrooms. Blair wouldn't wear the tie because he said it was absolutely horrendous and Bill wore it and came out apparently looking something like a clown. And when Blair said to him, why are you wearing the tie? Do you not think that? Yeah. He said, because people will see it at home and think, ah, fair play to Bill for wearing what he was given. You think if you've that much analysis in your clothing that you know how the tie will be perceived to your home audience, how can you be the French president and think a two and a half grand watch is okay? <laughs> Fine, I'm well, alone on this. That's why his problems are are so acute now. He doesn't, um, it, it's only very belatedly he's been told that these things are a problem. In other less important news, um, John, the we are being told that Top Gear is being paused <coughs> after Hallelujah. yet another um, accident. Well, on that, on that grounds, let me lob it at you, Barbara. <laughs> You're not mourning the loss of half a season of Top I, Gear. Absolutely. I am married to a man who, who thinks he's a petrol head. And I remember the first few years after we were married having to sit through uh, episodes of Top Gear with that absolute clown um, Jeremy Clarkson um, without getting you know kind of at the early days of marriage I still kind of pretended I was slightly vaguely interested until I said I'm not watching this absolute nonsense anymore um, and you know this is a programme having said that I don't watch it I am aware of the fact that it's had quite a few crashes that have been quite serious so for all the ha ha isn't it all great crack and the lads are gas and the cars and the bangers and the racing around and the, the going to old aerodromes and and driving at crazy speeds um, because Richard Hammond who was one of the original uh, presenters he suffered a really bad accident a few years ago that left him in a coma um, and yet the programme uh, continues on and now we have Freddie Flintoff who I had to look up who Freddie Flintoff was Oh dear. <laughs> I believe he's oh, a cricketer Barbara. or he was a cricketer <laughs> Very anyway, good one too. Um, uh, but now he was in an accident in December that has um, according to this report left him seriously emotionally and physically affected um, and so so the BBC have decided now they haven't said that the, the, the show is going in the bin altogether, which is a bit of a shame, but they have said that they will not resume filming at the moment. Um, so I think they've they've left the door open. But really, you know, I'm a firm believer that there's there's many things like 
including, say, James Bond, that should, you know, have had their time and should now be consigned. Ah, steady. You can't get rid of Bond on the back of poor old Freddie Flintoff. That's no, a bit sweeping, isn't Fred, it? But I was looking at speculation about who's the next Bond and everything, and I'm going, really, that belongs in a different decade. Leave it alone. The last Park few it. Bonds have been great. No, well, hang on. I I actually actually let us bring this tangent back I, to the circle. Top though, Gear, yeah. what's your view, John? Do you mourn the lack of the second half of the season? Um... And is Barbara right? Has its time passed? I used like Clarks, and it, it's it, the first thing to say about Top Gear is it's a huge money spinner, as far as I know. So that's you won't you won't see the end of it. At first reading it, I was kind of going, Ah, Freddie Flintoff. I mean, what kind of tough guy you are? But when you see the, some of the quotes, it looks like the man has been um, seriously emotionally and physically affected by the crash. That's what it, that's what uh, his sources are telling the Times. And when you see the word apology coming from the BBC you know there's some concern there about obviously they're apologising for something that went wrong so um, I think at first you're kind of you're kind of smiling, but no, I think it's a, it looks like a serious issue for the man. I wouldn't say it's the end of it. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Top Gear. I don't watch that much terrestrial TV. Uh, I'm more of a, a documentaries man. But there it you is go. funny though that thing of it being something of an anachronism. Now, when you look at it in the history of television, the the remake of Top Gear when it moved from being a consumer show that was um, Wilman and Clarkson together effectively redesigning the entire show. It became, I think, I have this right, the single most successful TV show. In the world, it yeah. broadcast in more um, countries nationwide. I mean, talk about a money spinner for the BBC. And then his his remake then was it Amazon? He went to yeah. Amazon Prime, really yeah, with the Grand Tour. People again wonder why Jeremy Clarkson is given the platform he is in some ways because he is a controversial columnist, for instance. But he um, has made a lot of money for a lot of people, and that, in the end of the day, even the BBC is a commercial uh, entity, far more so than RTE is, um, and that'll mean the ongoing and listen it's big business the if, motor industry is big business and will remain so if you're not a Humphrey fan of Freddie Flintoff's okay he was a great cricketer if you're not a fan of Top Gear there is a um, YouTube you can get Stuart Lee's uh, monologue uh, on the guys from Top Gear it is well worth watching oh, if you're, if you're, that's oh that's yeah like if you're not a fan enjoy. you'll enjoy it immensely yeah, that's, um, that's something text saying um, what about uh, Charlie uh, Charlie Hockey's shirts this is in relation to the, the one shirts indeed yeah um, uh, text saying as well I have a friend who is a middle ranking corporate guy and he wears 5000 euro watches I just don't get it I don't get it either and it's the same with women who spend the same amount of money on handbags I don't get it. But again, I always think these are people with low self-esteem. Do you think they're compensating yeah. for something? Same with cars. Yeah. Had this conversation with my brother the other day. Yeah. No, same. Oh, why did you, if you only drive the flashy car, if you've got something pro- hollow you've got is inside. self-esteem problems. Like, well, you know, you're, you aren't your car. You're not your watch. You're they're also your investments though as well, aren't they? Aren't watches investments? Yeah. Watch and handbags are. Cars aren't though. I have a 20 year old oh. watch this. Tell Jay Leno he's got a couple of billion of them that are all uh, accreting in value at some rate. <laughs> yeah, but the Jay you do tell Jay the time as well, handbags don't. <laughs> <laughs> 20 to 10, by the way. One final thing before we let you go Derry Clark, who is back in business down in Goffs uh, with the new restaurant, he, of course, who had been um, the proprietor of Le Crivan, which was a Michelin starred restaurant, he is now predicting that the thing that we've never managed to get, which is three Michelin stars, there was a time when Gibos was knocking on the door of it and it didn't uh, come to fruition. He's predicting that chapter one is finally going to do it John well yeah and he's 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 hoping they are that they get three Michelin stars you know what I haven't been in chapter one in an awful long time so I can't really speak of its of its brilliance but it seems to be a very popular place I was in Le Cravan once I think 
uh, another wonderful uh, here listen if, if, it's not if a big it expense to... account in DMG Media that sends you to all these places with sources <laughs> that is, you have this to is cozy not, up to I, 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 I stress this is this is not based upon any experiences in chapter one because I haven't been there as I just highlighted but if I if I'm gone out my expense account I'm not going to a restaurant where I've got to go to a chipper afterwards because I'm still hungry <laughs> and that can happen with some of those more expensive restaurants yeah. I've no knowledge of what goes on in chapter one but uh, I'm more a meat and veg man and um Good big Italian. Good carvery of a but Sunday, no, that kind of thing. Do still have an expense account, Anton, if you uh, ever want to avail. Appreciate it. Can we include watches on it or does no, it, is it limited only to food? it does not go far. McDonald's maybe. To the poverty consultant over here, yes. Well, on the top, do we, does it matter to, in, in the big scheme, do we Look, care if chapter one gets three to missions? To me, and I have to say, I know Sally Ann because we were former panellists together out in TV3 um, and she's she's low and I've met Derry a few times and this is no um, 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 slight on, on their achievements in restauranteuring, but no, all of this is completely lost on me um, I'm vegetarian so you You're know what? yeah I'm vegetarian so um, uh, between this and Bon Barber yeah, now I, know. Concerned. I don't know why I'm here really do you I don't ever know why find yourself here. yearning for a burger never really never tell never. the truth it now was, I have given up at different times I've given up cigarettes I gave up sugar because I'm diabetic I gave up drink for a few years the easiest thing out of all of those things to give up was eating animal flesh. I have no, never, ever, ever um, uh, fancy a burger. Sunday or morning. Or anything. No. Now rasher. Or an owl rasher. No. Never a bit. Never a bit. Or an owl burnt sausage. No, never a bit. Regardless. So all of this nonsense about restaurants really passed me by. But reading the thing, what strikes me is, and I think, you know, a few of the different restaurateurs have said it, getting a Michelin star is great. But then the pressure of having to keep it is, you know, is huge. And they all, all the restaurateurs were interviewed said that, that, you know, it, it's a huge amount of stress and pressure then. Because if you get it, it's a small deal. But if you lose it, it's a catastrophe. This is why Marco Pierre White is a genius. I love Marco Pierre Because Marco Pierre White apparently gave his start now, there's no giving your start you can't yeah. give them back you I just think quit I think there was one in my hometown that did as well Bon Appetit I think they gave back theirs as well because but it takes again, the pressure off yeah. and in Marco's Absolutely. case he then manages to make a huge living selling his name around the world genius without having to go in and sweat in the kitchen big fan of his there's a great steak and chips <laughs> I'm seeing a theme emerging here. There is, yeah, it used to be Fitzers or Fitzpatrick's yeah, or one of them. There, uh, the same yeah, one. I think they, they ultimately run it, but it's his name uh, above the door and emblazoned on every wall and pretty much <laughs> in the cutlery. Like you couldn't say Marco Pierre White any more than they do in that restaurant. Anyway, John Lee, who is about to leave and head for a steak, and Barbara Scully, who's going, I don't know, look at lettuce or whatever it is that vegetarians do. Thank you both very I'm going much. going to be on the high moral ground. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly, where I'm going to be looking yeah. down on the Starving rest of you, destroying the The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.